please join with me in our responsive call to worship that you'll find in your bulletins. Let us join together in our celebration of this day. This is a beautiful day the Lord has made. This is a day that God has given us to receive and use to its fullest. A day to work together towards new commitments, new possibilities, and a day of rejoicing. Let us thank God for this day and for our very lives. With prayers from our hearts and with lives led with integrity, service, joy, and loving devotion. Please join with me in prayer. Lord of each moment, thank you for this one. This one particular moment in which we bow our heads as we breathe in the air of the sanctuary we love in which we acknowledge and invoke your presence within and among us. You are the Lord of the wind and rain, of the cosmic and the quotidian, of the big day and little steps we take. So we pray that you may be Lord of this moment. We may feel your presence peacefully and powerfully and that it may change us inside out, renew us, make us kinder, lighter, more courageous to step into your story, your kingdom, your way. Lord, as is paved for us, not just each Sunday, but each moment of each day. Let us join together in which Christ taught us to say by praying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us, and lead us and not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Church. Wherever you are on your faith journey, you are welcome here. Please use the friendship registers right at the end of your uh, uh, seats. And if you would, uh, so that we can stay in touch with you. Uh, we welcome Paul DePrado today to the pulpit. A very exciting sermon we are going to have. Thank you, Paul. As Paul and Laura are leading several church members on their trip to the Mideast, and uh, the Palmers are back. They just got back, so uh, they, uh, the, rave, the reviews have been rave. Um, so we, uh, we welcome back Marjorie, who just returned from the trip. Wow, I didn't read that part. The rest of the group is in Jordan this weekend and then be headed to Egypt. Uh, please check our social media accounts for the wonderful photo updates. While Paul and Laura are away in July, we will have pastoral care coverage from the Reverend Dr. Brian Boat, who many of us know from the Bridgeport Council of Churches, and who is currently as part of the pastoral care provider at Greenfield Hill Congregational Church. 
If you need to contact him, please call the church office and Pammy can get you the, the phone number. And thank you to Bo Allen for sharing his gifts of music along with our lovely Elaine. And I'm looking forward to Bo's uh, solo today. Uh, we have several announcements in the bulletin, but I'd like to highlight uh, a couple of things. Uh, the Backtack Drive for the students at Horizons. Please go to our website and you'll see the link for what, uh, what to buy. And thank you for who have already generously give, given so far. Uh, but volunteers are needed to help assemble the 225 backpacks that we are giving to Horizons. Uh, so they will gather in the library on Tuesday, August 1st at 5 p.m. So hope all of you can join us. Uh, our pastoral prayer. And now as we join together in a time of prayer, I ask that you keep in mind church and community, members who are in need of prayer. Continue prayers for the family of Janet Sherwood. She's a church member and carousel volunteer who passed away on July 14th. Melanie Varaja and her family, Melanie's mother, Barbara Bloom, passed away on July 12th. We extend our deepest condolences to them. Leah Davis, who had heart surgery on July 9th and is recuperating well. Karen McDonald is recuperating at home from her surgery, recent surgery. Bridget Schulten is also recuperating at home after breaking her foot in subsequent surgery. And for those in our church and community who are awaiting test results and undergoing treatment for cancer, please pray for their healing, continued strength, and perseverance. And so let us just take a few moments to lift up to them as well as those in our hearts and minds. Let us pray. Dear Lord, there is often a lull in life where we are asked to take a breath. Sometimes it is a season, a summer so sweet, so necessary, that we know it all comes only from you. Sometimes it's a quiet evening alone, a morning drenched in stained glass, a second in between calls. This lull can feel good or bad, short or long, comfortable, comfortable or abrasive. But God, may we take it. May you tune us to your will, your perfect and perplexing and often frustrating and heartbreaking plan so that we can sense the lulls within us. And may you give us courage to act, to reach out into the fears of unknown and known waters, potential and fully realized difficulty to meet you there. May you, Lord, give us heartbeats that cannot be ignored, shouldered off, pushed to another day, another season, but rather heartbeats that must be answered in the place in time we call now. May we, Lord, feel the immediacy of your call to love. May the rancor in our bones wave us up in the middle of the night, send phantom vibrations through our pockets saying, here, now. It is and always has been the right to love. And may you model for us, God, what it is meant to do those most. Basic, most human and divine things, most courageous acts to love our neighbors, to love you, to love ourselves. We confess, Lord, that we do not always love. We confess even more that we rarely do it well. That even when we feel the push-pull in our chest, that even when we listen to it and act on it, we do so clumsily. 
We tread heavily with our words and people get hurt. Or we walk carelessly into foot traffic and step on toes, we are hurt. And so we, so we heard the world sometimes, when we stop, looks and feels broken. We, God, are imperfect lovers of your life, your people, your path, and yet you do not condemn us. You do not revoke our passport to try. Instead, you envelop us in grace. Through your perfect love, that which we see painfully, <clears throat> painfully across the cross, we are not only given a model, but transformed into models of love. Though and then, we, some we know and must utmost confidence that we have courageous acts of one individual who can and change the world and did. We pray, Lord, that we are so blessed that not merely as individuals, but to be bound together in a community made to love so deeply as to change the world. In big ways, in our capacities, in the healing of the sick, in the liberation of the held captive, and the uplifting of the marginalized, and in little ways into telling our new and old stories, and the breaking of bread and hands held in daily hustle of life. We don't often know, Lord, which of these to commit ourselves to at any given moment, though the call to love is broad. It specifies our manifold. And so, God, we invite you into our new law and into our breath just before we tell us which works of love we are to do, which of the diverse parts of the body of Christ they're called to be. And in asking, Lord, we know we shall be answered if only we listen closely enough. So we pray, Lord, that you open your eyes and that we may see your open eyes and that we may hear you and open our hearts that we may know you. We accept the loving task that you reveal with grace, thanks, and prayer. Amen. Oh. 
Absolutely beautiful. <clears throat> Our call to offering. I'd like to share three of kind of my favorite quotes when it comes to this uh, uh, event of the day. Winston Churchill said, we make a living by what we get, we make a life by what we give. John D. Rockefeller said, think of giving as not a duty, but as a privilege. And finally, Anne Frank said, no one has ever become poor by giving. May we contribute generously to the lives of others by sharing our gifts and bringing ripples of hope to our community uh, and the world we live in. This morning's offering will now be received. prayer of dedication. Gracious, loving, giving God, with gratitude for your overflowing blessings in our lives, we give thanks for the opportunity to share the gifts with others. May you accept our gifts in the spirit of love, that they may serve you well 
bring healing and help and shine the light. Good morning. Beautiful day outside. Thanks for coming to see me preach. <laughs> All right. Today's scripture is from Romans chapter 12, verses 4 through 5, and 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12. First from Romans. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members one of another. And from 1 Corinthians, for just as the body is one and has many members, and all of the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. If the Corinthian scripture sounds familiar, like you've heard it recently, you did, last week. Less reference Corinthians last week, but in a wider context. I'm using Romans and Corinthians again this week because it nicely reflects my sermon, which in full transparency is a bit more informational than inspirational. So inside your, your pews, I think there's pencils. You know, you might occasionally want to take a few notes. I thought while the ministers were away in Jordan and then Egypt and Israel, it'd be a good time to give you a glimpse of what goes on behind the scenes at SCC. Or in less eloquent words, how do we make the sausage? Growing up in a very Italian family, my mom used to make sausage from scratch, creating a product that was truly delicious. It's one of the great memories I have of my mom. The thing was, it took a lot of work. And this lady had seven kids, all right? It took a lot of work, and it was messy. At least 10 steps, from buying the meat, to seasoning it, to mixing it, to freezing it, to grinding it, to freezing it again. But all in the end, mom produced food for dinner that was made from pure love. Applying this metaphor, all your interactions with SCC, which we hope our spiritual experience is covered in love, is the sausage. And all that is done behind the scenes is how it is made. Today, I want to give you a glimpse under the hood of SCC. Or referencing back to my scripture selections for the day, how do we all work together as one SCC body to provide you with impactful spiritual experiences? And I hope you find this topic particularly useful now as we, as a church body, begin to prepare for the leadership transition in May of 2026. So let's begin. Any questions so far? All right. The management of a church typically has two sides. The administrative side, which is further broken out into the business and its operational parts, and the, the ministry side, which, which is uh, through our senior minister and associate ministers. In conjunction with boards and committees, they set the spiritual direction and tone for the church. The administration side then aligns itself to support that direction and tone. 
a church's orbit revolves around Sundays. So from Monday to Sunday morning, prep work is happening for the coming Sunday's worship and activities. Discussions about hymns, solos, special music, announcements, the prayers, which deacons are going to be here, recognitions, flowers, and what do we think the attendance is going to be? They are all happening between Paul, Laura, and the staff. We iron out most of these decisions during our weekly Tuesday staff meetings, and then go about executing them. Here are just a few of the items that happen before a typical Sunday. Music needs to be rehearsed by choirs, soloists, special musics, music, and Elaine, musicians, and Elaine. The bulletin needs to be written, printed. Friday and Sunday weekly e-blasts and social posts need to be created and sent. In the sanctuary, there's a sanctuary, fellowship hall, kitchen, library, chapel, youth rooms, all need to be cleaned and then set up for early board meetings, church school, fellowship hours. Sanctuary candles replaced, flowers arranged, and friendship registers refreshed. Outside, the grass is cut and the landscaping is completed. If it's snowy or icy, driveways and parking lots need to be cleared and salted. Fellowship food for fellowship hour, coffee, need to be purchased and prepared. Pulpit announcements and prayers compose the ones you just heard from Jeffrey. And of course, the main meal, the sermon needs to be written. A task that takes someone with Paul and Laura's experience a good part of several full days to complete. And if you're the director of an administration like me, it takes about three weeks. In prepping for Sundays, we all have many other duties and responsibilities to help make the church body function and maintain its health. Let's start with our ministers. Ever wonder what they do all week? Well, Mondays are their day off. Coupled with Saturdays, they, in theory, then have two days off each week. But as ministers, that is really the case due to the nature of the role. So with that caveat, their weeks start on Tuesdays. Paul's weeks as leader of SEC are filled with meeting the pastoral needs of our members through visits, calls, and emails, and emails, a responsibility which is taking more and more of his time since COVID. He also prepares for and attends meetings with the staff, trustees, council, deacons, men's groups, and, and other members of the church. He also, along with Laura, coached our student ministers, Allie and Julianne. And a shout out to Julianne, who I know is watching today. Paul tries to get as much of this work completed on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, leaving him the remaining days to write his sermon. But often, his, his writing plans get altered due to a care or a concern from a member because of a need by staff. Laura's week as associate minister is a bit different than Paul's. Laura oversees Sunday church school, middle school youth group, senior high youth group, and confirmation classes. Most of these groups meet weekly, so curriculum and staffing always need preparing and organizing. Laura is also clergy to missions, Christian education, and deacon boards, and the church council, the fellowship committee, and women's group. In her role, she's also the content editor of our newsletter and other communications. 
And she organizes second hour programming, our mission trips, and this year, the Holy Land trip, which Marjorie and Chris have just returned from. And if you're looking at them, I don't know if you got a chance to see them yet, um, they don't look like they went to Israel. They look like they went to Tahiti. They're all very tan. <laughs> Laura also spends a lot of her time in pastoral care, especially as it pertains to children and their parents. She is responsible for our weekly children's sermons and several sermons over the course of the year. In my four years here, one thing I have observed with both Paul and Laura is they practice the ministry of the moment. So no week has the same schedule. We have a membership of 250 people and their spiritual and practical needs seldom adhere to a calendar. All right. Now on to the supporting cast. Let's start with music. That's you, Elaine. I won't go too deep here since we celebrate the hard work of our music leaders, Elaine, Philip, Marnie, our soloist, Leslie, Shannon, and Bo, um, during Music Appreciation Sunday. But no, the wonderful performances you experience on Sundays don't just happen. They're because of the prep that this work does, this group does, from song selection, to practicing on, practicing on their own, to group rehearsals, they certainly prepare. As you already know, our musicians never mail it in. Right, Elaine? Give me a, give me a nod. <laughs> Tim O'Neill is our part-time manager of facilities and grounds. Tim and his team oversee our building's infrastructures, aesthetics, landscaping, cleaning, room setups, which do you know they're over 300 a year? That's a lot of chairs and table moving. Day-to-day -day operations and project management. Building on the impactful work longtime member David Huntington began, Tim has developed great relationships with our over 25 contract vendors who help us keep our church beautiful. This summer alone, Tim is project managing the pointing project, the annual cleaning of the carousel in the preschool, which Susan Kunkel is here, is no small, no, no small task. Um, these are big projects. The replacing of central air in the parsonage, making a carousel basement room functional, replacing three aging water heaters, and the painting of the parsonage. Fortunately, Tim has a great part-time team working for him in Sydney Sinclair, Riviera Bullerin, and Roseanne Sinclair Bowes. Our most significant cleaning need, believe it or not, is that of the preschool. And most of this work is completed by Riviera, who most of you probably don't even know as she works late nights and early mornings. And it's a lot of work. Many of you know what it was like cleaning up daily for a toddler. Imagine having 99 of them and then throwing COVID pro protocols into the mix. Typically, Tim and Sid Sydney split daily church cleaning and their Sunday duties, setting up fellowship hour, providing room setup for support for early board meetings, choirs, church school, second hours, and Sunday's youth group meetings. Roseanne, who is the niece of Sydney and the daughter of Linval, she's our backup. Pam. Pam is our church secretary, and she is another vital part of the SEC body. 
Essentially, she's the glue that holds the body together. Pam is the first point of contact when one calls or visits the office during the week, and she provides logistical and material support for almost every church activity. And can I just say, I don't see her here, but who is more welcome and warmer than Pam? Anyone who visits the office. I, 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 it's just amazing to me, and I get the pleasure of working with her every day. Bulletins, programs, mass mailings, letters, supplies, and scheduling all fall under Pam's purview. But her role encompasses so much more. Need meeting minutes? Pam finds them. Need profiles for new members or confirmands? Pam. Need altar flowers or 200 poinsettias for Advent Sunday? Pam. Want to know what happened at SCC's annual meeting in 1953? Again, Pam. I think you get the picture. Besides her core responsibilities, Pam embodies the line in most job descriptions, other duties as assigned. Our communications specialist is Janaea Patterson. Janaea is part-time and has been with us for just over a year now. She has the responsibility for capturing and publishing the thoughts and messages Paul and Laura want to convey to the congregation through social posts, email blasts, our website, and newsletters. A task that, as many of you know, is no small feat. Paul and Laura's wheels are always turning. I can't imagine the inspirations, messaging, and ideas they'll want to convey upon their return from the Middle East and then vacation. Jenea should probably start carbo-loading now. As in any creative process, there are iterations, last-minute changes, and images to find and to create. It takes a lot of time to get them right. And while we don't always get them perfect, we hope each communication you receive conveys the essence of what Paul and Laura want our members and community to feel when interacting with our church outside its walls. Another unsung part of the SEC body is that of our audiovisual director, Parker Whitmore. Parker's working today. With the addition of live streaming at the start of COVID, SEC's weekly needs in the AV space have increased significantly. So much so, we needed a dedicated person with AV expertise to manage it all. Again, Parker. As with any technology, it is always changing and getting it right each week entails equipment tweaks, experience, and the training of our wonderful high school students who work with Parker and Trevor Yule each week. It's taken a lot of time, as many of you know, but due to Parker's, Laura's, and Paul's efforts, we now have a system that can regularly meet the audio and visual needs of those in the sanctuary and those watching on live stream. What a gift, what a gift it is to be able to reach those in our spiritual family, wherever they may be. The next three parts of the SEC body are often thought as separate from it, but nothing could be further from the truth. They are the carousel, rooms of the view, and the preschool, led by volunteer Susan Kunkel, who's here today, Chris Phillip, and Laura Amacucci, respectively. Without these three parts, the breadth and depth of our ministry and missions work would be greatly reduced. Do you know these three parts, in aggregate, 
have revenues of over $750,000 and generate $230,000 in profits towards our annual budget. That is less than one quarter, slightly less than one quarter of our current operating budget. But even more importantly, they contribute to the mission of SEC by ministering to the different segments within our community. For the carousel, it is often for those who have little. While for rooms of the view, it is those who yearn for fellowship and the sharing of creativity within the design community. And for the preschool, it's about offering a caring, loving, safe space where parents can drop off their little person or little persons, the ones they love more than anything in the world, to play and learn. As you can imagine, these three parts of the SEC body have lots of pieces which need attending, and all that happens through the expertise of our leaders, our volunteers, teachers, and support staff. Finally, there's the role of the Director of Administration. That's me. Um, my role has several parts, but a primary one is keeping track of the administrative moving parts so Paul and Laura can better serve the spiritual needs of our congregation. This is the reason I was hired almost four years ago. The position was created after Paul and Laura began tracking what they spent their time on. To the amazement of the trustees, and I think even Paul and Laura, a large portion of their time was in administrative space, managing, overseeing finances, projects, rooms of the view, contractors, HR, etc. In my role, I work closely with the trustees in the council, handling the business aspects of the church. These duties include budgeting, bookkeeping, finance, insurance, stewardship, and the 1843 Society. Pretty exciting, right? I keep Paul informed and bring him in when his input is needed. In my role, I also oversee IT, HR, vendor and teacher contracts, and help Laura organize and manage our mission trips. Thankfully, I have an incredible part-time bookkeeper, Maria Bagatakova. Most of you have probably not heard of Maria, as she truly works behind the scenes, often from home. Maria processes every transaction for SEC, the carousel, rooms of the view, and preschool. That's about 4,800 a year. We also have incredible accounting help in Nancy Long. Yes, that Nancy Long, the one who sings in the choir, plays bells, and along with her husband Ray, have been on almost every board and committee at SEC as longtime members. Nancy kindly works a few hours each month helping execute and account for our investments. Finally, my role encompasses special projects. These have ranged from obtaining COVID assistant funds to the recent sale of the cell tower lease in Eastman, to now assisting our friends at Redshirt Table build their much needed community center. I expect my special projects to ramp up now that Paul and Laura have announced their retirement for May of 2026. I'll be supporting the council and the still to, still to be named a search committee. For what I've learned about minister callings, for a church to stay healthy, it needs a lot of time to prepare documents for a new minister search, for conducting that search, and for selecting a candidate.
And we, we need to do that twice. So the next time you see our ministers, thank them for giving us such a long runway before their retirement. Per their contracts, they're only required to give SEC 90 days notice before their departure. If they had executed that clause, it would have created a situation which would have required SEC to install interim ministers. Not the best option for a church that is already healthy. So I guess either Paul and Laura love this church so much, they want to make sure we have a healthy leadership transition, or probably more, maybe they didn't. They didn't read the fine print. May 2026 will be bittersweet, but I'm excited to play a part in SEC's leadership transition, as it has only happened 12 times at the senior minister level since SEC's formation in 1843. Well, there's a lot more that goes on, but that's it. I'm not going to give you any more. I hope my talk has given you a glimpse of how we make the sausage here at SEC and how all of us on staff play a role in it. We are all individual members with different lives. But when we come together as staff and with all of you and all of our community, we form one body, one body in Christ. Amen.
today is a beautiful day. I hope all of you go out there and start to act in kindness and compassion and, um, and just love. And that we all work together as one body, one body in Christ, to make the world a better place. Thank you so much. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you. 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 Thank you.